Right, welcome back to Two Fries Podcast, aka the number one podcast in in Winnipeg, where we document the rise and start of not only Winnipeg talent but <laughs> international talent. Now, hey, <laughs> please welcome Cheyenne Giles. Woo. Giles, Giles, Giles. Oh, I'm so All sorry. Right, it's okay, everyone gets it wrong. I just like that's why I have to go like Giles. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank well, you so much well, for coming on. Yeah, the photo guy earlier, he's like, oh yeah, like uh, just. We're gonna do a sound bite for you, and just uh-huh. make sure you say your name, uh, Shine Gillis. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> hey, at least we didn't mess it up that bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, we've been rehearsing all day. Just, just <laughs> no. It's like the one. It's name. hard. I mean, G for a, a J sound is yeah. kind of weird. But. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, let's dive into your journey, man. Like, you're at the top of your game right now. I'm sure it wasn't always like this. So take me through the walk of how you started and what what made you get into this music scene, man. It's been such a journey. Like uh, I started this when I was—I don't want to age myself, but I've been DJing for at least 15 years, and I just started catching a break like three years ago. Yeah. Wow. So it took me 12 years of grinding and DJing for free sometimes, and um, and then I, I just—I'm from San Diego, so I just took over that. Actually, it's kind of the way I got my start is really is I started as a busser. Yeah. And not even a DJ. And okay. I had a place that had DJs, and then I was like. Sorry, no, you're good, you're good. Um, and I saw that they had DJs, and I was already wanting to be a DJ. Like, oh. I already knew about it, and I always was into, like, 8-Track and um, Cuber, and more, not as more of, like, a DJ that plays music to, like, dance, but more of a, a cut DJ. Like, that's yeah. what I was into, oh, okay. like, the scratch, the DMC World Championships. Yeah. And so I just wanted turntables so bad, my parents would not, I didn't have the money for them, so I'd have to go to my parents to try to buy me them, and then they would never do it because... I mean, it's just expensive. And right. Records are super expensive, and that's all there was um, at that time. Serato had just came out, but it wasn't like I didn't know about it. Uh, um, and then just by chance, I went to Guitar Center on my birthday with my grandma to buy a guitar. <laughs> and the guy who um, was showing me guitars, he's like, well, why don't you be... I guess he's from Pro Audio where the DJ stuff is. And he uh-huh. just like randomly, he's like, well, let me show you my section. And then brought me over to the DJ stuff and then showed me and my uh, my grandma like so what Serato was. Uh-huh. And that's how I just talked to my grandma and they gave me that. And then it was all she wrote after that. Sure. It, I mean, it wasn't all she wrote. Actually, I just started doing uh, like high school parties and mm-hmm. garages for the longest time. And actually, and then I was just a bedroom DJ. I wasn't even doing gigs. Um, I was working as a busser mm-hmm. at the clubs downtown, um, and then it kind of just graduated as I got a little bit better, and then I would, I don't know, it was just so different back sure, then, sure. The, the grind was so, so different, uh-huh. um, it took, it took a bunch of different turns, but, you're here now, yeah. you're here now, it, it, yeah, <laughs> that was just the horrible, most horrible explanation. No, no, no. We're, we're all about the rise, right? Yeah. 204 Rise, we want to represent our city. And that's why we ask about your journey, because there's probably a lot of Winnipeg people, uh, Winnipeg young musicians who want to, who want to, who strive to be like yourself, right? Yeah. And just dude, stick with it. Stick with it. Dude, I was about to quit. Um, three years ago, I was literally looking into real estate. Mm-hmm. And that was literally when my music, like two months after that, TSO saw that luxury playing my song at a festival. And then I saw him, I even saw the comment that he posted on that luxury post. And he's like, whose remix is that? Uh, and then they posted my name. And then uh, the next day I had Tiesto in my DMs. Wow. And wow. saying like, I want to sign you. Wow. What's that feeling like? 
Were you jumping around? at the point where I was at DJing, um, I was DJing three or four nights a week, uh-huh. um, just grinding, and I was just like getting nowhere though. I, like I was working, but it was it was getting a lot of the same. Like every day was sure. the same, same club, same bar. Like and I needed the next step, or I needed the next step in my life, where I was like, I just can't keep doing this like again and again. Like, uh-huh. um, luckily, still found my music. Or I'm gonna say like it wasn't by luck. I was putting out. Okay, this is my advice to any young DJs. Uh-huh. Put out content. You gotta like keep putting out music. You gotta like give to the DJ community for them to give you back. Like, 100%. Love. Yeah. Like if you're not putting out bootlegs, if you're not putting out music, if you're just playing other people's stuff, you're never gonna be a good enough DJ to get booked. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. you can be the best DJ in the world, scratching and and you can do all these tricks and bring all your friends, but like. If you don't have the DJ support behind you and you're not like the DJs aren't messing with your stuff, uh-huh. um, you're gonna get nowhere. So as soon as you start, I feel like I'm still that way. I'm still the DJ DJ. Like a bunch of DJs know me more than the, the retail market yet. Sure. Like, I'm still like a, a underground name, but most of the DJs know who the, who I am because yeah. I I put out content like. Not not like Instagram content, like music. Yeah, yeah. Like I put out edits, I put out um, just edit packs, like all that kind of stuff, and I get played in the, in clubs like every night. Yeah. Mm. So once that started happening, that's when my career actually went somewhere. Like it was really hard at first, but if I have any any advice to any young DJs coming up, is to keep putting out music and give back to like. Give your homie a good edit to play at a club, like because once he plays that, somebody's gonna ask him who made that, uh, and then it's just gonna it, it just snowballs from that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, is it, was it a lot of word of mouth, or was it like pure grinding where you had to build your base, like you laid the foundation every single day, and then it slowly started picking up from there? Um, definitely laid my base, but like I said, you can't really lay a big base locally. Right. Like yeah. it's just gonna be your homies that see you. Like, yeah. And couple and friends. Like, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't like in LA and I wasn't in New York where like it's a like everybody comes from all around sure, the world sure. to see me. So I was I'm just in San Diego. It's kind of like a little I mean it's not a small town but it's not like LA and it's not New York. Yeah. It's uh-huh. not Vegas. Yeah. Um, I definitely wasn't getting managers coming sure. into the club all the time and, and like seeing me play. Uh-huh. So you gotta just put your music out there, get other DJs to play it that are in those markets. Mm-hmm. Get a left like Alessa started playing my stuff. Like the only reason I got big is because bigger DJs found my music somewhere. Yeah. And it wasn't through me. It like it had to just pass along to DJs to DJs to get somewhere. Sure. I mean sometimes when you look at like successful people and they say what like what's the thing? They say just work hard, right? And but sometimes it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like if you put out a music, you're not there's no guarantee you're gonna Absolutely. blow off the next Absolutely day. Absolutely not. Right? Actually, I, my my last song that I put out, I feel like it's great and uh-huh. it has thirty thousand streams. Like you, like I'm still not there. Like, yeah, you still gotta grind. I mean, I gotta take, I gotta take the hits when they come too. Like I thought this song, I was, I was gonna put it out and it's gonna be a million streams. Yeah, yeah, and it just wasn't. Like it just, just don't dis, don't get discouraged of that kind of stuff because uh-huh. numbers don't really matter on Spotify and, sure. and SoundCloud. It's it's about like the brand and and like your I don't know it's it's a lot of things it's, yeah. it's really it's a culmination you got to just be on point at everything uh-huh. and that's when that's when it all starts to happen and then don't also advice for young DJs is don't be weird about asking for help sure. yeah. from other people like if if you're not good at drums or you're not good at like uh, 
mixing, like how somebody else makes your record, sure. or um, if you're like send it to somebody else and be like, yo, can you can you try like your drums on this or something like that? Uh-huh. That's how um, like that like uh, actually I became a really good friends with my friend Noctu mm-hmm. like that. Um, we actually did that well, like with each other. Like mm-hmm. I was really good at um, sound design and and writing, and he's really good at. Uh, like sample like um, manipulation and and like really laying really hard thick aggressive drums and like once we put our together mm-hmm. like that's when it start, started uh, to make sense and we're like oh like and then if you if you really look at these big guys like Diplo and TSO and stuff if you look on it they have so much help on all their songs yeah of course so don't don't be ashamed by it because uh-huh. I mean yeah if you if you're a Skrillex and you could do it all by yourself like that's cool but <laughs> yeah um if you, if you have the resources, I would say to like maybe like put out or ask for help. Just ask for help. Yeah, it's a collaborative a project, right? Yeah. Music, because music. you're going against uh, titans with an order room of people. Oh, of course, like, yeah. If you look at if you if you were to ever watch like uh, Martin Garrix's um, uh, YouTube show, sure. Like episode three, it's crazy. I was watching that like on the way here, on, and I was just like, dude. For just for his visuals, he has a boardroom of like thirty people. Yeah, and like for his, his show in Ultra, he had like thirty people in one room like working on his show, and I'm like, dang, like this is what I'm against. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't have the money for that kind of stuff. Sure. And so to get to that level, it's it's gonna be really hard mm-hmm. for me. But you can do it. Like you yeah, see people like A Craze, like in, in just in how far he's come in one year. Uh huh. And so the opportunity is still there. Uh-huh. Do, do you, you ever feel like you're at a disadvantage because of that? Like because the industry no. is... I mean, they all had to start the same way. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. Everyone came from... Keep working at it. Like, Martin Garrix didn't start with a team of 30 people. Yeah, yeah. He was 16-year-old in, <laughs> in, in a room in his bedroom. Put out animals and it hit. And then now it gets to that. And yeah. now it's just hard to knock them off the throne when they're that. Uh-huh. But it's... Anyone can get there. Sure. During during those times when, like you said, you just you just find yourself catching a break recently. How come? What kept pushing you? Why why go through all those hard times and moments of like I cannot do this, but I really want to do this? Because I made it. I made DJing my only job. I made it. I, I had to rely on it. Yeah. Um. That's my. That was my only source of income. Um, and I was doing well as a local DJ. I bought my house on it. Uh-huh. Like in San Diego, it's a really hard market. I was yeah. making good money. Yeah. Um, but to get to the next level, it just it takes a little bit more. Sure. What sure. What made you want to take it to the next level? Like obviously you're making money, right? You have that house now. Like you're doing well off. Like I mean, it was always just a dream of mine. Yeah. I just wanted to travel the world and the big stages and I just felt like I could do it like, right. I felt like I had it in me so I don't know I just and I just growing up I, I always had a thing for music and I don't know and just when I was in San Diego I, I became the like I kept getting awarded as the best DJ in San Diego or yeah. the best producer of San Diego yeah. and I'm like dang like if anybody else was just hearing my stuff other than San Diego I feel like maybe I can go to the next step uh-huh. and I mean finally did mm. but it just took a long time yeah I agree i mean it's not like that for everyone yeah i know i mean a lot of people jump on in three years they just blow up but my journey i just for the first two years i dj for free on thursday nights yeah um 
and then I just got like three hundred dollar gigs like for the next like ten years. Mm -hmm. Three three to five hundred dollar gigs. Like that's that's how much you would get paid. Yeah. In San Diego. And then just till recently and then all of a sudden that just blew up. Uh -huh. But I mean <laughs> Was it was it more about getting the reps in and like figuring out how the actual DJing works? Or did you already have that like natural instinct of like, yo, this is when I'm gonna switch the track or Um I mean it's different. Even like Every set is different. Right. Mm -hmm. And it depends on how long you're going to play or what, how quick you're going to mix out. But I'm usually a quick mixer because mm -hmm. I come from that turntablism turn, turn like background. Right. I just like to cut in and out of stuff and I just like to be quick with it. Yeah. And you know, like in this day and age where people are so, they don't have an attention span for right. very long. They right. like to switch songs in the middle of their, like they got the Spotify playlist. They're <laughs> like, okay. Like I got my fix out of that, like two yeah. minutes of that song into my next favorite song. Yeah, yeah. So like that's how I feel like as DJing. Like um, I like to be in and out, but also like what's hot right now is all these the tech house and, and they let the songs ride a little bit, they yeah. let it breathe and stuff. I'm just as everyone's going that tech house wave, I'm trying to be different, uh -huh. like stay stay true to who I am sure. and not try to follow that wave a little, a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you said you, you sorry, you mentioned you were doing this for 15 years, right? You've been doing this for a while. Yes. And so I don't want to age myself. No, no, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of just the the marketing and getting the music out there, how has that evolved? And and the inclusion I've of always, social media, TikTok, and all these other platforms. I've always been kind of like good at that because. Being an open format DJ, you kind of know about uh, record pools. Okay. Um, so like, if, if you're any young DJ too, and you want to learn about like, uh, make sure you're sending when you when you make an edit to get it like a solid email list of the top record pools, and then make sure you you don't send it a separate email to each one of them. Don't uh, BCC all of them or, or CC all of them uh -huh. and send them all at once. Um, be personable and be like, hey, bpmsupreme.com or djcity.com. I really love your, your website. Um, I really wish you would support my record. It's da da da. And then, mm -hmm. and then build relationships with them. And then once they start, because that's, that's a hub where all the DJs will go and, and get their stuff. And then that's how I got my stuff to start blowing up. Okay. How would you say the grind for DJing has changed over the years? Like, I'm sure back then it wasn't all social media, Oh my God, media, it changes right? every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, and my, my manager is so mad at me that I'm not good at TikTok yet. <laughs> we gotta get you doing that. <laughs> oh my God, it's not even, yeah. I mean, you can do anything on TikTok, right. um, but yeah. And, and I like, I have a loud luxury on my team right. and they are crushing it on TikTok. Yeah. And it's so hard to like, <laughs> just say no to them when they're like, well, look at, look at, we got a hundred thousand. They, they really did. Like yeah. uh, their last post got 10 million. Wow. 10 million views. And it's just them playing at a show. Uh -huh. Yeah. Damn, look at that reach. Yeah, and of course. It's, it's undeniable. And, and what you can do with that as well, right? Yeah, and absolutely. And I'm not going to be the type of guy who's going to whine about the guys who are taking my like my sure. spot because they're good at TikTok. Like I, I respect those guys. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's guys out there right now that are that are that are taking my spot right now because they're they just blew up on TikTok. And I can't get. I'm not going to be that old guy and be like, oh, it's yeah, just it's, a TikTok yeah. DJ. I'm like, no, he's he did it. He made it work mm -hmm. and he took my spot. Mm -hmm. That's just straight up. Do do you see? Do you view your uh, peers as competition and friendly competition in order to? push you gotta, yourself you gotta further. always have competition yeah always put yourself in a competition where like with, with your peers because i mean i think it's fun for one and then of course two, of course I mean, what else is gonna drive you <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you're, you're living every kid's 
dream right now, right? Like the rock star life. I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I still I'm, I feel like I'm still way down here, but yeah. Like I, I mean, mean, you're getting you're getting to travel. You're playing your sets. Like you're on tours, right? That's like a, a kid dreams about that stuff, kind of yeah. like. So does it ever feel like surreal to you at times? Yeah, I actually do have to pinch myself sometimes. Yeah. Because literally, this is exactly what my dream was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Literally being on a on a stage with like uh, good times ahead, and just like, I looked up to them so much when in like 2010 and 11 when they had to like, express yourself and they were doing that twerk. Yeah, and yeah. And yeah. Like, I just literally shared the stage. <laughs> they literally played right after me, <laughs> and then like people like Alesso that I still play their their songs yeah. in my sets like today, uh-huh. and they were putting it out in 2011, 12. Like I gotta pinch myself sometimes. Uh-huh. Like these are all my idols that I'm hanging out with. Yeah. What What was one moment where you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm in this room or I can't believe this is happening to me. Probably at dinner, the first time Tiesto invited me to dinner. What was that in like? Vegas. If you can share some information. Oh my God, it, it's just unreal. Like, Was it like, order anything you want, I got <laughs> no, it? Or? It was, because, I don't know, I don't want to put him on blast. No, no, anyone, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in, in uh, his residency at Hakusan, he they put him on a different... It's called like uh, the Billionaire Suites or something, or Billionaire's Row, or I don't know what sure, it's sure. called, but it's something that's in Hakkasan, but it's not in the hotel. It's in his own hotel, and it's got yeah. he's got his own butler, <laughs> and then uh, they have this chef that will literally make you anything that you say. Wow. So, like, he's like, when he sat me down at dinner, and he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know, do you have a menu? And he's like, no, what do you want? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, what do you want? He's like, tell me what you want. How do you respond to that? This guy's going to make you whatever you want. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Like literally, it's like that. that and does that motivate you? Doesn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. It should have. Yeah. Yeah. That well, was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. What was the conversation like with Tiesto? Like sitting down to dinner with him, I mean, right? I, I can't even remember it because I was just starstruck all the time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> he's cool. He's a really nice guy, and and uh, it was kind of like business. Yeah. Because it was the first time that he was like talking to me, and he was just kind of like trying to get down to like get to know me and uh, what do I want out of this and. Mm-hmm. and Kind of just trying to give me his advice and what he could he could offer, and he ended up signing me to his record label for like six songs. It was unheard of. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is my first time I've ever done this. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, and then it's all all just picked off from there. Yeah, especially when like your idols praise you for some of your work. Yeah, uh, I and can't actually, imagine uh, what that the feels reason like. I have my management and when I'm with like uh, La Luxury and stuff is because Tiesto, um, I was with him in Vegas. He turned around and he like looked at. Adrian is my manager, uh-huh. who's uh, also Loud Luxury's manager, and was like, if you want a good manager, that's your dude right there. Wow. And then, like, literally introduced her to uh-huh. um, me. And then, and then, so, like, just that alone mm-hmm. um, kind of really helped my career take off because my manager's great. Loud Luxury's amazing. A Loud Luxury. They're killing it. Shout out to yeah. Canada and Loud Luxury. They, they have taken care of your boy. Like, uh, <laughs> I feel great. I'm, like, the only American on the <laughs> north side roster. Um, but... They're, they're wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, those guys, I owe them a lot. I owe, I owe my whole team, Parker and uh, Matt and, and Adrian, a lot. Uh-huh. For I, sure. mean, I mean, the 15 years of struggle, right? And now you're finally, like, you're finally, finally making... getting somewhere. I'm yeah. still so far away from where <laughs> I want to be, but I'm getting somewhere. Right. And Yeah, I can't like, complain where I'm at at like, all. What does that feel like? Because you've been working for something for so long, right? Yeah. And it's, you're finally seeing it flourish. Like, what is that feeling like? Are you still like in shaw about it or? Yeah, every day I'm in <laughs> awe about it. But I'm also like, there's a lot of pressure on. Like once yeah. you get to a level, 
it starts it stops being a little like it was always just fun for me it was right. like i'm making music to make music and then once you start getting an agent and then you get management and then the label you get all this pressure sure and then you get a little bit of input from somebody you don't want input from or like oh you should change this or shorten this or mm-hmm. you know, like, like i just spent so much like i put my heart into this record and i like the way it is and then they just want to change it um that's hard but i gotta live with it like, yeah was was there an area of the music industry that you weren't aware of before going on? Like I'm sure, like as a kid, when you're making music in your room, the sole goal is to make a good track. Yeah. And now you have a management team, and you're traveling. Now it's just make money. You make and money. It's more like because I gotta make everyone like nobody's there doing that stuff for free. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everyone's relying on me to like. Um, but the way I'm gonna make money is just to let myself be free like sure. I mean that's the way that's the way I like started blowing up it's like I, I was trying to do something that other people weren't doing not follow the mold uh-huh. and and I just hate I think the reason I, I don't like uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't like it but the reason like I'm, I'm a little flustered right now is that I feel like I'm getting pushed to make uh, cookie cutter like exactly uh, what is hot yeah, yeah. and I'm like ah, just not really not for me. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not getting your creative the juices reason, flowing, Yeah, right? like I, I like to have a, a more saturated master push it, and I don't want it so clean like on Spotify. I kind of want it distorted. Like I want to, I want a rawness and a sound, mm-hmm. but um, that I mean that's just not for radio. Sure, and sure. It's not for streaming, and I mean it shows. My streams aren't all that great, but <laughs> I like the way my music sounds, and it's just to me. It's just like custom to like what I like. Mm-hmm. I like a. a like a turned up snare that shouldn't be that loud mm. and and just like a, some rawness to it and some like uh, I don't know how to explain it but do you use your music as an outlet for your own emotions and uh, telling a story yes 100% and, and I, I from day to day I could tell like if I'm in a bad mood or a good mood like how my melodies come out or, uh-huh. or that yeah for okay. sure so what's the creative process like when you're in the studio? Are you going there just to get the reps in or like you're going in there in certain modes? Um, a lot of times I go in there just to mess around. Mostly, mostly I go in there to mess around and then yeah. something comes out of it. Well, not so much. Like I'm, I just feel like I'm in the studio every day. Sure. Right? Um, so I'm just usually messing around because I'm just trying to learn stuff and, and trying to get better. Uh-huh. Um, but there's definitely times that I'm so just struggling on just trying to get a record right for the label or something, and that's when I like get turned off of music. Yeah. Like when I'm like, hmm, like I like it, but they don't. It sucks. Like I would just rather just put this on my SoundCloud and not like have them have it. Like, right. but I mean, it's give and take. Like um, the labels have have given me such a platform sure. to to go off on and giving me collaborations that I'll, I'd never dream of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, like I literally just started a song with Chainsmokers. Yeah. Like that, that wouldn't happen when uh, my regular life without a label, so. I asked a, I asked a version of, of this earlier, but um, what what keeps you going, man? Like what are you, what are some, what are the next level that you want to reach? And, and what is your plan to reach that? And I, 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 like, I, even talking to you now, you said you've had like five, like five hours well, of sleep and you're still grinding. You're still be able to make this happen. No, I'm on one hour. One, oh, sorry, sorry about that. And you just performed as well. You just came off yeah, stage. Yeah, I was asleep off the flight. I'm a little bit buzzed. <laughs> um, 
But that's the life. That's I'm the life hungry, you chose. I haven't right? ate. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I chose this. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm not complaining. At yeah, yeah. With yeah. the next step, I would say. Are we gonna see you at Coachella? That's my dream. EDC Honestly, Coachella. Uh, as soon as I ha- like Coachella happens and I'm on in the, the Sahara tent, um, then I'll quit. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that your management's not gonna like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the Sahara tent's a dream of mine, just because it's a local um, California right. festival, and yeah, I yeah. go there. It's probably the the most attended festival that I've ever been to, mm. and I just, I mean. I've been going to it for like 10 years, and every time I go there, I'm like, I want to play this so bad. Yeah, yeah. So bad. Is that where you'll say that you've like finally achieved your highlight? Yeah, because goal? I already played EDC main stage, and like, right. that, that didn't do it for me. So I think maybe Coachella. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. but I'll have some, maybe Sahara Town one time, and then when I make the main stage, then I'm like, okay, I made it. Yeah, that's so. As soon as you're Calvin Harris or like Sweet House Mafia. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Talk, talk about growing up in San Diego, San Diego as well. Like, uh, what's the mu- music scene like there? How much love did you receive? Was there, you know, was what? there people uh, who looked down at you at the beginning? My my family, my my dad um, really wanted me to play baseball. He yeah. was okay. so upset, and I went to college for baseball. Wow. And I think I would have got into DJing and producing way sooner if it wasn't for um, my dad thinking I was going to be some professional baseball player. So I really wish instead of going to baseball practice every day, I was taking piano lessons or I was opening up Ableton and learning uh-huh. uh, Pro Tools. Uh-huh. Um, so I just feel like I was a little tardy on getting to know uh, the ins and outs of music. I was always listening to music. I always had to have the biggest system in my car. Always had to have the newest. I was stealing music off Napster back then, and trying to have the newest beats and like, um, and and I always have my like. The biggest subs in the back. The, I just love the bass boom. I just yep. love that like that vibe. Uh-huh. And I just my parents didn't get it. They just wanted me to play sports and do good in school. And I mean, I did good in school and stuff, but I just feel like I I wasted a lot of time that I was into music, but my parents didn't let me like really fulfill that yeah. until my grandma actually for my birthday I really talked to her and they go and get me a guitar. Yeah. And, Luckily, that pro audio guy was like, "Yo, let me let me show you the DJ stuff," and really got me turned on to Serato. So and then I started on turntables mm. on my computer, and then I did clubs, and I was playing hip hop, twerk, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then over the years, just fine. I only like three years ago is when I started playing just strictly house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so was it more of like just finding your sound and what you're good at, or just like? Yeah, because I I, I had different aliases. I started right. dubstep. I did twerk. I had different names. Yeah. And then just I think once Fisher put out no not even uh, before that. Actually no, this is what happened. Mar- uh, Martin Solvig, you know Martin Solvig, sure. he put out a, a remix contest for one of his songs and. Um, I just like, yeah, I'm gonna enter it. And then it was house, and I was like, I'm just gonna make a house. And I made a house and I won. Wow. Oh, wow. And then I won that competition, and then like he called me, and then he's like, yo, I'm playing this in my sets right now. And this guy's like, you. And then I was like, man, this, this sound stuff's kinda easy. And so I just like, started making more of it, and then I was like, oh, well. Then Fisher started blowing up, and then I, ha- I was a fan of Chris Lake. And so I was like, oh, what if I, what if I try to make a song that sounds like Skrillex at first, Mm. Uh, Chris Lake in the middle and Skrillex at the end or something like yeah, that yeah. and I put this all together and so I have like and that's how I came up with like my formula of like how I, I structured my, my 
my drums. Mm. Like hard, and then I let off, and then a little like vibey, sure. um, like fishery at the end. Um, and that just, that just like, that's, I don't know if you guys ever heard like Tremor in the cinema, like that's exactly, like that's the first one that really like took off for me. Mm. Um, and then that's when, that's the one that uh, Tiesto started touring with. And then when Tiesto started touring my music with like three songs in a set every single time he played a festival, that's when my career like took off. Did you did you know that Tiesto was playing it? Or how, how oh did yeah, because there's a one-on-one tracklist thing. Oh and, uh, okay okay okay. And I, my my accounts um, attached this like it just gives you alerts. Oh okay when okay you okay okay. My okay. Stuff, it'll just alert me. It wasn't like somebody like sent you a video of going on and then yes. <laughs> but those guys at one-on-one tracklist they they know exactly. I don't know. I feel like they have a team at like every uh-huh. festival. They're just yeah. looking at sure. every single song that they play. And, uh, yeah. That must have been, like, like you must have had chills when, like, you oh, found yeah. that out. When that first happened, like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, like, died down now. Yeah. But I wish I could feel that feeling every day. Yeah. I mean, it's just euphoria. Like, yeah. oh, my God, the king. Like, Tiesto <laughs> was playing my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Talk about also the touring life as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. This lifestyle is not is not <laughs> an easy one. It's definitely one that I wanted so bad, but then when you get it, you're like, damn, I didn't really realize like you're in an airport all day, uh-huh. yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and then when you start out and you're like not making, you're not you're not the top tier. Um, you're not really like flying first class, sure. and so you're not taking. Maybe you have to take an early flight, or you might not have to take a direct flight. Sure. Man, those connections, and if you miss a connection, you're like, <laughs> it's not even your fault. Like, yeah. the plane takes off 20 minutes late, and you're yeah. missing that, and you're like, stresses you out so much because you don't want to miss this gig, and, yeah. and they're paying you a lot of money, and you're like, mm. it definitely uh, has given me a few fucking zits before. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> stress. Yeah, it's a lot of stress. And, and also, speak about the fan interactions. Yeah. What is one of the, I want to know one of the craziest fan interactions you've had, or one that stuck out that um, you're like. <laughs> I can't really say that. Okay. On, okay. On the air. <laughs> <laughs> Girls are wild. Dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could probably uh, yeah, put yeah. the pieces yeah. together. <laughs> so what about when it, what about performing at Summer of Sound? What was that experience like? Yeah. Um, oh, it was great. Uh-huh. Really yeah. great. Yeah, I love the uh, Akil who puts it on. Uh-huh. Um, really good friend of ours and. and I mean, they said this is the biggest one they've ever done. Yeah. I think so, yeah, because yeah, yeah. COVID was down for a couple of years, yeah. and now everyone's just I, I ready mean, to go wild. This is my first one, so I have nothing to compare it to. Sure. But it seems great. It's the biggest yeah, one. No, no. Yeah. Was the audience audience good? Like, they were, yeah. they were vibing with your yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Winnipeg, you got to show our, our boy, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, show our boy some love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any uh, advice? I mean, you've been giving a lot of advice to young DJs out there, but anything you want to leave the audience with? Um... It's not going to be a straight line to the top. Like, if you have a bad, if you're not getting booked right away, and just keep at it. And then, like I said, you're going to get back what you give. So make sure you're putting out music because as good as DJ you, as you are, you're not going to ever sell tickets to a venue unless your music is global or yeah. like to the retail market. So what clubs want, what clubs want the most is tickets sold. So it's not about how good a DJ you are. It's about how many. Tickets they can sell, yeah. and that's how you're gonna get booked. Either like, are they gonna book me or are they gonna book A Craze? A Craze had a bigger year. Like, they're gonna sell more tickets. They're gonna book him first. Mm-hmm. Same with me. I gotta deal with the same stuff as the local DJs. Am I gonna, if, am I gonna pull more tickets than the local DJ? Probably. Yeah. So I'm gonna get booked. So mm-hmm. just 
put out music, try to make your music more globally or like more, I don't know. Try to just try to hit the retail market. Try to hit people that aren't even into that kind of music. Just get it so like widespread that uh-huh. they start hearing your music and that's when you're gonna get somewhere. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time. And I think yeah. on that note, it's a perfect way to end, for the, end off the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to check them out. We'll tag everything thank in you the guys. description really below. Thank you. thank you for coming by Winnipeg. If you're ever here again, let us know. And we'd uh, love to do it again. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. All right. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Appreciate Peace. It. Thank you.